listen to and let's be heard for Monday, July 3rd, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right. How's everyone doing? How is everyone doing tonight? It's the eve of the 4th of July, also known as the 3rd of July. <laughs> yes, it's the 4th of July eve. Of course, if you if you were out there in society, you would know that everyone is taking everyone took today off. So it's a four-day weekend for most people. That's for those people who didn't make it a five-day weekend or a six-day weekend. So um not for me though. Not for me. I'm working tonight, doing the show tonight. I'll take tomorrow off. I want to be patriotic. I don't want to be pegged as being unpatriotic. All right. That's not I don't want that to happen. So I'll take tomorrow night off. But uh, tonight, uh, it's a slow night, too. If you look at the schedule here on call-in, usually it's pretty packed on Monday. I think I'm the only one around here. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see if anyone is out there. We'll see if anyone's out there and they're, you know, into uh, calling in or listening in. We'll see. I think many people are on vacation, you know, and they probably want to take a little bit of a break. I understand the idea of taking a little bit of a break from politics. I really do. I get it. I, I do get it. But yes, Daniel's out here. Daniel's out here. What do you, I like to call us the No Life Club. Like I was at the gym today and people were there and I'll probably go to the gym tomorrow and the people that will be there were part of the No Life Club. We have no life. People, 4th of July weekend, we'd probably Hawaii, some people probably in London. Who knows where people are, you know, down in the Caribbean, Bermuda. Here I am in San Francisco. Anyway, what are you going to do? Um, there's not that much going on. Is there anything to talk about? No, there is. There's stuff to talk about. There's some really weird stuff going on. Maybe we'll do a weird show since it's probably going to be a fairly slow night as far as participation goes. Um, but <laughs> there's some weird things going on. There. there really are. I supposedly the White House was evacuated today. Now I'm trying to find out the real news here. But it was evacuated after cocaine hydrochloride was found on the grounds. Uh, and they're wondering where it, where it comes from. Um, the Secret Service rushed people out of the White House. Uh, this was yesterday, by the way, on Sunday. <clears throat> after it came across what was initially identified as an unknown item. Uh, and then they said it was some kind of a white substance, I think it was. Um, there was a hazmat team that was deployed, and they're trying to figure out exactly what it was. But, of course, the rumor is <laughs> that Hunter was around. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, it fell <laughs> maybe it fell out of Hunter's pocket, you know. Um, evidently, they... they they tested the substance with a handheld elemental isotope analysis tool and identified it as cocaine hydrochloride. The cocaine weighed, wow, wait a minute, 5.56 kilograms or 12 pounds, four ounces, and has a street value of 400 grand. Holy crap. That's a lot. How would that, how would that happen? Does anyone know how that would happen? <laughs> oh, 12 pounds of Coke 
would end up in the White House near the West Executive Wing. Um, are you buying the story that nasal spray was found in the White House? You shouldn't, PJ Media. Cocaine hydrochloric is a power used in drug abuse or the local anesthetic. Abusing cocaine hydrochloric can result in adverse side effects and risks. Cocaine can be processed to produce three different forms of the drug. There's cocaine hydrochloride, free-based cocaine, and crack cocaine. Uh, despite the best efforts of some to insinuate that a cocaine hydrochloride found in the White House was innocuous nasal spray, it's highly probable it was simply a bag of cocaine. How could it be? How could there be 12 pounds of nasal spray? There's been no official indicate. Wait, they found 400 grand worth of nasal spray. I have bad sinus issues, but come on. There's been no official indication that it was nasal spray and the lack of interest in the story of mainstream media raises some red flags. On top of that, we know that Biden, Hunter, a supposedly recovering drug addict, was recently there for a state dinner. But even if you're Hunter Biden, how do you just lose 12 pounds? How does anyone lose 12 pounds of this stuff worth $400,000? It's not like that's a little thing you can keep in a vial. Oh, my Lord. Um, no, wait a minute. Let me get this story right. I don't want fake news. Let's see here. Hold on. The hazmat team was employed. Discovery. This is really poorly written. Now a newly leaked audio clip reportedly coming from the District of Columbia. Does anyone know how to write stories anymore? There's this new thing. Where, I don't know if it's my computer or what it is, where you're going through a story. Does anyone else have this problem? You're going through a story written these days on the internet? And it could be anything. It could be any news outlet. And they repeat the paragraphs. So you're reading it. Like I'm trying to read it now, right? It's like I have a fucking producer going through this first. I'm reading it as, as I find it. And I'm reading the same paragraph. I, I, I go down, I scroll down, and, and, and the paragraph is repeated again. The exact same paragraph. Does anyone fucking proofread this stuff anymore? Oh, my God. But Okay, this, let me try to get this straight. A newly leaked audio clip reportedly coming from the District of Columbia Fire Emergency Manager has revealed that the previously unknown substance tested positive cocaine hydrochloride. U.S. Customs and Border has repeatedly seized cocaine hydrochloride as it comes to the country. Okay, in May, CBP found 5.56 kilos of the drug. Where? Officers test the substance with a handheld of the cocaine weight. I don't understand what they're talking about here. U.S. Customs and Border, yes, they seize cocaine all the time. They seize fentanyl. Is it? This doesn't make any sense. Does anyone does anyone know this story? Because this doesn't make any sense. It, in in May, they're saying the U.S. Customs and Border in the month of May only found twelve pounds of drugs. Only found twelve pounds. Only seized twelve pounds of cocaine. Okay, so I'm trying to get this story. This doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, supposedly in the entire month of May, U.S. Customs and Border Protection seized twelve pounds of. Who cares? Really, who give, what's that have to do with this White House story? Who wrote this? Who wrote this idiotic column? Who is this? The post-millennial figures, the post-millennial. How about pre-millennial? Is there a pre-millennial? That's the one I want to read. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll create that social media, the, the pre-millennial. This doesn't make any sense. So how much cocaine did they find in the White House? Does anyone know? Because I can't find exactly how much. But they found... Some there. And some are claiming it was just nasal spray. Uh, who knows? Who knows? 
who knows? You can't find any facts anymore. They can't find facts anymore. Who knows? But if it was nasal spray, would they make a big deal over this? Why? If they found, first of all, if you're using nasal spray, don't you have it in the form of nasal spray that you buy at a drugstore? Why would there be cocaine hydrochloride? Why? Wouldn't you just have a, a canister of nasal spray that you, uh, uh, this is, it's a powder? What is this, Daniel? What are you saying? It's a powder. Try it. I, I don't understand what's going on. It's a powder. National, anyway. Okay. So, but not nasal spray. If I'm, ha if I'm having sinus problems, I go to the drugstore and I buy nasal spray, don't I? So there's a difference between nasal spray and cocaine hydrochloride, which is a powder, right? So the nasal spray thing makes no sense, right? Right. Powder was found, right? So the nasal spray uh, rumor is bullshit. Okay. The nasal spray rumor is bullshit because I have no idea what's going on here. Anyway, they found cocaine hydrochloride near the West Wing. What does that mean, near the West Wing? On the floor? Was it on a table? Was it in the toilet? Was it in the, the sink? How do you find you find it near the west wing that's a pretty large area near the west wing well here's the real story folks i can't find a real story i have to read the post millennial because you don't see nbc covering it you don't see cnn you don't see them sending reporters there to cover it to ask questions not at all but now let's play the what if game if this were the donald trump white house we'd have every fucking detail by now right Everyone would have ascended on the White House to find out how much cocaine Donald Trump was doing. And there's no doubt they'd say Donald Trump was doing cocaine. They'd like like Tony Montana on his desk. Right. So but now that it's Joe Biden's White House and we know Hunter Biden's issues, we can't find I can't find the details. I have to go through these, you know, Fakakta media outlets. In the middle of the story, they put this thing about 12 pounds of cocaine being found at the border. Who cares? <laughs> what does it have to do with this? Oh, my God. Okay. So something was found. It was a powder. It wasn't a lot, but it certainly can't be nasal spray. And who knows? It could have been a staffer, right? A lot of people work at the White House. It could have been a staffer, right? People on Wall Street do coke regularly. So who knows? It could have been. I doubt it's Hunter. Anyway. Washington Post has a very, very short story. Yes, a very short story. Really short. <laughs> really short. But no, I'm, I'm sure if this was Donald Trump's White House, there'd be a very short story. And that's it. Nothing else. You'd have to go through, you know, deep Google to find it. Positive. Positive. No doubt about it. They're fair, the media. They're fair in their balance. And they cover Democrats and Republicans the exact same. All right. Democrats and Republicans, the exact same. Okay, so there's that weird story. Um, that is a very bizarre story. Very bizarre. Um, you know, I go through my Twitter feed, and I told you, whenever I see a story about Ron DeSantis' campaign being in shambles, I love it, because I know it's total bullshit. I know the more negative stuff they write about Ron DeSantis, the more scared they are of him and the better he's doing. Remember, if someone's campaign is in shambles and it's disaster, why would you even mention it? Why do you care? This is the whole thing with Trump, where he's constantly going after DeSantis. Why? 
He's always he's always mentioning him. He's obsessed with him. Uh, probably as obsessed as Gavin Newsom is. But why would you be obsessed with someone who has no campaign? Who are you going to defeat easily? Why would you even talk about them? They're like something on the bottom of your shoe, right? Well, no, of course. They're talking about him because they're worried about him. And the left-wing media is planting stories about <laughs> how disastrous his campaign is because they're afraid of him winning, right? That's why you're seeing the left-wing media writing many more critical stories of Ron DeSantis than Donald Trump, because they're afraid of Ron DeSantis. They're not afraid of Donald Trump. They're afraid of Ron DeSantis. So just look at the stories that are written, who they're written by, and how they're written, and you will know what the real deal is. So obviously they're paranoid. They're they're absolutely bat crap crazy afraid of Ron DeSantis winning. So they write ridiculous stories, you know, ridiculous stories about how he's no money, he's well behind in the polls, all this nonsense, right? And then they'll write stuff like he run a he ran a he's in trouble because he ran a homophobic ad in quotes. So they want us to believe that first of all it wasn't homophobic, that's all bullshit. But they want us to believe that in a Republican primary, he's in trouble because Republicans have perceived an ad as homophobic? Of course not. The only ones who would perceive an ad as homophobic even if it wasn't, are Democrats. So why would that hurt Ron DeSantis in a Republican primary? Many would agree. Many on the left would say that would help him in a Republican primary. That's why when you read these stories and you realize they don't make any sense, why would Ron DeSantis be in trouble in a Republican primary if something he did was perceived as homophobic? First of all, Republicans would not perceive anything as homophobic unless it was blatantly homophobic, which of course it wasn't. It was the usual Ron DeSantis wanting to protect children. Um, so you, you read these stories and you realize they're just fabrications. They're total fabrications because they're afraid. So it's a full court press against Ron DeSantis because they're very afraid that he'll win the nomination and then become president. And what's hilarious about the Trump campaign and the Trumpers is that they're constantly screaming about how Trump's a real conservative Republican and Ron DeSantis is a fake Republican rhino. And then Trump gets endorsed by Lindsey Graham, the swampy of the Republican, the swampiest swampy creature you could find in the Republican in the Republican Party has endorsed the supposedly anti-rhino, real conservative <laughs> anti-swamp Trump and his his supporters are such a cult that they can't see the ridiculous hypocrisy right in saying oh we're anti we're outside the Trump is outside the establishment DeSantis is too far inside the establishment Trump wants to drain the swamp and he's endorsed by one of the biggest swamp creatures ever to exist in politics so you'll see what bullshit this is it's such total bullshit Look, this is the once again, I, I've said this and I'll say it again. If the Trump cult pushes him through the primary, we are going to see either President Biden, President Harris or President Newsom. It's that simple. Trump is going to be convicted before Iowa. OK, I'm echoing what my friend Bill Mitchell on Twitter said today. Trump is going to be a convict before the first primary votes are issued okay so if these ridiculous cultists think trump is going to be like elected president from behind bars or as a convict 
with Democrats and independents voting. They're fucking insane. They're insane. It's not going to happen. Not the greatest look to have the Republican nominee as either behind the bars convict or someone who's convicted but just doesn't go to jail. Either way, a felon, a convicted felon. And these people think that Democrats and independents are going to elect a convicted felon. His cult will. His cult will push him through the primary as a convicted felon. His cult will vote for him in a general election as a convicted felon. And they're about 0.1% of the electorate, if that much, not even less. So what, what, do they, <laughs> what do they think? Do they really think that America in a general election is going to elect Trump the convict? They wouldn't elect Trump the non-convict three years ago. So it's really simple, folks. If Trump wins the primary because his cult pushes him through, I don't think they can. But if they happen to, you're going to get President Biden or President Harris or President Newsom. One of those three or maybe a combination of all three. So you better think about it. Because trust me, Trump will be a convict before the first primary votes are cast in Iowa in February. So, but to say this, he, he's, he's the outside the establishment. He's the maverick. He's the anti-rhino. He's draining the swamp. And there he is hand in hand with Lindsey Graham. Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. He's the anti-war candidate. <laughs> and he's endorsed by one of the biggest neocons ever to exist. <laughs> it's hilarious. And even... At that last rally, when Graham made an appearance, a lot of his cult members, boot, maybe the maybe these would like the casual Trump fan who might have the brains to change their mind before it's too late. They booed Lindsey Graham. They booed him as they should. Why would Trump, the anti-establishment, right, actual real conservative Republican anti-war guy? Except Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham's endorsement and make him his right hand man in the campaign. It shows what, how full of shit Trump is. He's totally full of shit. Then he goes out there because he knows his cult members. Remember, the Trump cult are as dumb as the Democratic cult. They're just as dumb, different ways, but they're dumb. He says all of his candidates won in November. Well, everyone knows it's just the opposite. This is like the new thing Trump does. He doesn't kind of lie a little bit. He says that there are 180 degrees the opposite of the truth. Like Ron DeSantis is a horrible governor. Everyone in Florida hates him. He shut everything down. He shut the schools down. We know the reality is just the opposite. This is Trump's thing. And you can only get away with this when you know that your voters are dumb. And they'll believe whatever you say. If Trump said the earth was flat, his cult will believe him. They say everyone else is lying. So he says <laughs> that all of his candidates won. We know they all lost. Yeah, all of his candidates won in the primary, just like he could. And then the general, they got crushed. Every competitive race, they got crushed. In some non-competitive races, they won. Sure, of course, who cares? But in the competitive races, in the big races, that the ones that uh, 
decided the Senate, all of his candidates lost. So he lies. He just lies. It's very simple. Trump and his candidates are purely primary candidates. They win primaries and they lose when it matters. They win primaries and they lose when it matters. They win the championship series and they lose in the Super Bowl or the World Series or the Stanley Cup Finals. For those of you who are sports fans, I want to make the comparison. When it comes down to what really matters, they lose. Can't do anything if you can't win a general election. You can't. What's the point? What's the point of winning the primary if you're going to lose a general election? And that's exactly what Trump's candidates did and what Trump will do. So once again, our focus, if if you think it's important to not have a President Biden-Harris-Newsom, you better get out there and campaign for, send money to, and vote for Ron DeSantis. Because he's your only shot. He really is. He's your only shot. The others aren't going to win the primary anyway. But if they did, they'd lose also. Your only shot is Ron DeSantis. That's all. So he does things, and the media likes to call him a homophobe. Then you go back to November of last year, the midterms, when he won really one of the gayest states in the union by a million and a half. Florida is very gay. It's gay. It's incredibly gay, whether you're talking about Orlando or South Florida, South Beach, Tampa. It's an incredibly gay state. It's very gay. And he won it. It might be the, I guess, New York. I, I'd say Florida's probably gayer than New York and California. I know you think I'm crazy. You got Hollywood in California, but Florida's pretty gay, pretty gay. Very good, very good life for gays. Very good nightlife. Lots of great clubs, great weather. They love it there, which is why they go there to vacation all the time. The gays go to Florida more than California to vacation. So the gayest state in the union, uh, he won by a million and a half votes. He won by 20 points. In the gayest state, in a purple state where it was almost impossible for one party or the other to win by more than one or two points in the past. He won by 20. So, yeah, great homophobe. They all, I guess he's such a homophobe, they all voted for him. All the gays voted for him. And the friends of, not just the gays, but the gay-friendly people. Florida's known as very gay. You have a lot of gays and you have a lot of gay-friendly people, right? Not exactly a right-wing state. Not a state you would look as maybe homophobic, uh, like, you know, uh, perception, maybe Alabama, you know, Mississippi, those places, maybe in Texas in a, to a degree. But incredibly, incredibly mixed politically, gay friendly. He won by a million and a half votes. So the big homophobe won by a million and a half votes. Really interesting. It's, it's amazing when the facts get in the way of the fake news media, when the facts get in the way of the fake news media, they won't bring that up. What was that a million? What, what, what did he win by a million and a half homophobes? The, was it the homophobe vote that got him across in Florida? How many homophobes are there in Florida? Twelve? Look, all they do is lie. All they do is lie because they are afraid. So they have to, once again, they have to create a fake perception and hope that perception is reality, right? There's that saying, right? Perception is reality. We talk about that with the economy a lot. They'll say, well, the numbers show this, than that. Well, no, people believe that they're, they're in trouble 
financially. It's the truth, regardless of what the numbers say. They say perception's reality. So that's what the left-wing media is hoping for with Ron DeSantis. They can make perception reality. They can create a narrative. They can create a certain narrative that he's a very dangerous young I've heard this. Well, he's more dangerous than Biden and Trump because he's young. He's dangerous because I guess young people are dangerous. Young people are, are more dangerous than old people, I guess. Is that true? Young people are more dangerous than old people? I'd say probably the opposite in a lot of ways. But this is, once again, what they want people to perceive, that Ron DeSantis is this young, dangerous guy, right? And it's better to have a senile person like Biden or Trump be less dangerous because they're senile. Does that make any sense that the president of the United States being senile, having Alzheimer's and being pulled by strings like a puppet is less dangerous than a young person with their own mind? I don't know if that's true. I don't know. But once again, the truth is probably the opposite of what they say it is. So in the Hill, I was shocked to see this. Uh they make sure it's known as an opinion. Whenever something's written, whenever something negative is written by a Democrat, they make sure you know it's an opinion. It says opinion. Big, big. If something negative is said by Ron DeSantis, they either don't put opinion or they hide it. Understand that. So here's an opinion. And it actually says, the Hill actually says, opinion, White House, the views expressed by contributors are their own and not the view of the Hill. I have to tell you, Someone can tell me if I'm wrong. I've never seen that when it's a negative article about a Republican. I have never seen that when it's a negative article about Ron DeSantis. Opinion in big, bold letters. And then it says the views expressed by the contributors are their own and not the view of the Hill. I have never seen it. But here's a here's a many would call a negative article about Joe Biden. I would say it's just a a common sense, actual factual article about Joe Biden. And they make sure everyone knows that is, that, oh, well, the editors of the Hill, don't, don't blame them for this. Beckett Adams wrote it. Remember that. He's the, and it, this is so hilarious. It's so obvious. The hypocrisy, the double standard. It says opinion. Under that, just in case you didn't see that, it says the views expressed by contributors are their own and not the view of the Hill. Wait a minute. Then under that, it says by Beckett Adams, opinion contributor. So six times in the first five words, it tells us that this is opinion. Okay, it's an opinion. This is an opinion. This is not fact. This is just an opinion. We need a serious conversation about Joe Biden's brain. <laughs> Maybe that's why they made sure you knew it was just an opinion. That's the, that's the heading. We need a serious conversation about Joe Biden's brain. So Beckett Adams, opinion contributor, writes, Speaking to reporters on Wednesday, President Biden falsely claimed that Russia is at war with Iraq. He did say that. So Russia is at war with Ukraine. So I promise I won't stop every 10 seconds, but it's hilarious that the editors of The Hill had to put in opinion seven times. And then the first sentence is not an opinion. That's a fact. Biden said Russia is at war with Iraq. Mr. Adams didn't make that up. That's not as a, that's not Mr. That's not, that's not Mr. Adams' opinion of Joe Biden. That's a fact. And I guarantee you everything else he says is fact also. Let's go through it. Russian President Vladimir Putin is clearly losing the war in Iraq, Biden told the press pool. He actually did say that. That's not made up. That's not an opinion. Losing the war at home. And he's become a bit of a pariah around the world. On Tuesday, during an unrelated fundraising event in Chevy Chase, Maryland. 
Is that named after the actor? I don't think so. Is the actor named after the city? Huh. Biden made the exact same slip up, mistaking Ukraine for Iraq. He did. Once again, that's fact. That's not opinion. If anybody told you that we'll be able to bring all of Europe together in the onslaught on Iraq and get NATO to be completely united, the president said, I think they'd have told you it's not likely. Although many journalists did a fine job this week highlighting the president's apparent confusion regarding Russia's invasion of Ukraine, one can't help but feel as if the news industry as a whole is avoiding the obvious follow-up question, namely, is Biden okay? It's not an unfair question. It's not. Either considering the Ukraine-Iraq gaps were not an isolated series of incidents, it's simply the latest in a string of bizarre, confused, and mostly unintelligible statements from Biden. In the much longer string of bizarre, confused, and mostly unintelligible statements that have come to define the Biden presidency. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean, the president said this month during an address before the League of Conservation Voters. There is no such plan, of course, to build a railroad from the Pacific coast to the Indian Ocean. According to his White House handlers, the president was referring to a plan that would connect railroads across the African continent, linking ports on the Atlantic Ocean to ports on the Indian Ocean, Atlantic, Pacific, tomato, tomato. On June 19th, the president promised to conserve 30% of U.S. lands and water by the year he won the presidency. I've committed to by 2020, we'll have conserved 30% of all the lands and waters the United States has jurisdiction over and simultaneously reduce admissions to blunt climate impact, he said. Following a June 16th speaking engagement at the University of Hartford in Connecticut, where Biden promoted gun control efforts, the president signed off by saying, God save the queen, man. The press pool, which observed and reported on the president's address in real time, was left befuddled by his remarks. Not least of all because Queen Elizabeth II is still dead and her son is still king. Some of you have asked me why he might have said that, the Dallas Morning News' Todd Gilman said in his pool report. I have no idea. Other poolers, likewise, have no idea. The White House, for his part, claimed the president was merely sharing a joke with a member of the audience, a detail that apparently went unobserved by the entire White House pool press. Oh, you see, they said that, you know, they didn't get this great joke. It's a great joke that just went over their heads. That's what that's what it was. There's also the fact that uh, Biden keeps claiming his late son, Bo, died in Iraq. Bo did not die in Iraq. Bo died in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, six years after returning from a tour of duty in Iraq. During his 2022 State of the Union address, Biden declared Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he will never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. In July of that same year, during his visit to Israel, the president said, we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness to keep alive the truth in honor of the Holocaust. He corrected himself later, replacing honor with horror, the honor of the Holocaust, he said, meant the horror. We all say, we all, we all say honor when we mean horror, right? Because it's so close. Honor and horror are two very close, they're very synonyms, aren't they? Honor and horror. Earlier, during an event near the White House, Biden inquired about the whereabouts of the late Representative Jackie Walorski, whose death the president himself had commemorated in a public statement just a few weeks prior. Uh, 
The White House flag had been flown at half-staff for two days following the congresswoman's death. Well, how about when Biden accidentally endorsed regime change in Russia, when he said during an overseas trip in Poland, for God's sake, Putin can't remain in power. This one was a particular headache for Biden's handlers. One could go on, but you likely get the picture. The kindest thing that can be said of this president is he's lost his fastball. I'd say he lost more than his fastball. This isn't just about whether Biden has the stuff to finish his term, let alone serve a second one. This is also about why we in the media aren't having a more robust debate regarding his mental acuity. The apparent lack of interest in the matter certainly feels like a change of pace for an industry that historically hasn't shied from the issue. During the Trump years, for example, there was no shortage of coverage and commentary questioning the president's physical and mental fitness. In those years, there were three parts to every sentence published by the press, a noun, a verb, and is Donald Trump insane? Psychiatrists became cable news famous overnight simply for their willingness to leverage their credentials against Trump. Trump earlier, when then-Senator John McCain, against Trump, sorry, Earlier, when then-Senator John McCain ran for president in 08, a popular newsroom theme at the time was, is he too old? Then there was former President George W. Bush, whose lifelong battle with the English language became so much fodder for media speculation and late-night jocularity. Lastly, of course, this former President Reagan, whose administration was dogged by the press's persistent questions about whether his brain had finally turned to mashed potatoes. Fast forward to... 2023, and we see the current president confuse basic world events, praise rail projects that don't exist, mourn war casualties that aren't real, wander around stages and TV sets as though he's lost, and struggle to make it through speaking engagements without getting flustered or exhausted. Yet despite the press's normal reflex to ask where the president's up to the demands of the office, we in the media have responded to Biden's bizarre presidency with little more than a bored shrug. The point here isn't to highlight the press's treatment of past presidents and presidential hopefuls to shout hypocrisy. Rather, it's to state that the public deserves to know whether Biden's capable of performing the bare minimum required of this office. If anything falls under the heading of public interest, this is surely it. And yet the broader press, the industry tasked with asking and exploring this question has staked out a position of casual indifference. But if ever there was a time to snap back to attention, to engage on the issue of presidential fitness, this is it. There's a presidential election just around the corner, the time to get serious about fitness and to address it fairly and seriously. That time is now. Not for the sake of the media's credibility, but for the sake of the public, which has every right to know whether the leading candidates for president are actually capable of carrying out their duties. So once again, this is labeled opinion. And Beckett Adams is a writer in Washington. And by the way, he's a program director for the National Journalism Center. National Journalism Center. I'm glad there is one. And it looks like he's a good uh, guy to be in that because this is not opinion. This is all fact. All those things he said that Joe Biden said, he actually said, it's not opinion. He didn't make it up. It's all fact. And it's also a fact that the media is treating him much differently. Look, this is ridiculous. We don't even need to even talk about this. It's obvious, 100% obvious, anyone with a brain who's not in a cult, that they treat him differently than Trump. They treat him differently than W. Every, all, all the Republican presidents, right? Reagan, they, they questioned Reagan 
right? Remember they said that Nancy was running it the last couple of years. Uh, then they said uh, W doesn't have, you know, he doesn't know basic English. He's an idiot. Uh, then they said, you know, uh, come on, Trump was crazy. Every article was, do we need to do the, was it the 25th Amendment? Because he's insane, because he's not mentally capable of carrying. Come on. We know it's a double, triple, quadruple standard. The fact that matters this, until we demand more of our journalists, until we demand real journalism again, this is going to continue to go on. But we don't. We don't demand it because all we have are shows like this one, a few other podcasts, maybe Fox News talking about this. And all the other people will say, well, you know, the DNC run media will say, well, you can't don't we don't don't talk about this. You're an ageist. If you talk about this, you're you're an ageist. It's just utter hypocrisy. Hey, Daniel, I know you have his acuity, don't you? His mental acuity. Hey, I, I'm, uh, I, I feel horrid to be uh, the first uh, caller on the show. Oh, <laughs> I got it. I got it. It didn't go over my head. Okay. 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 I, I was I was real uh, um, uh, hesitant on that one. But, no, but it's, it's very, those words are so close, aren't they? They're yeah. meaning. It's so close. You have to give him a pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do stuff like that all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was was trying to think, have have you ever heard ever of a story of any uh, illicit illegal drugs being found in the White House before? Um, Not off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't can't think of one single story. Um, So um, cocaine hydrochloride, it's just powdered powdered cocaine is what it is um, you, you could dissolve it in water that's what's called hydrochloride it's a salt of, of cocaine so like all salts it can be dissolved in water and, and for example make a nasal spray but um, it was found in powdered form apparently in the White House is what, what the Washington Post is saying at least um, yeah by the so, West Wing somewhere there somewhere near <laughs> near the West Wing yeah yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I saw the a- TV show The West Wing it looks pretty big to me yeah, so this, 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 should, this should be a huge freaking story. The, 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 the uh, fact that it's not is, is quite bothersome. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, it I, could be Hunter Biden or it could be just a staffer, right? Well, it could be anybody. But the fact yeah. that cocaine is, is, is in the White House is, is quite, quite a news item. Yeah, how would it get there? Were they, you know, was it, was it, was it, who knows? It's, it's ridiculous, obviously. It's insane that they found cocaine and they found powdered cocaine. So they found it's like it's like what was on Scarface's desk. Right. That's what they found. Not that much, but they found that. Right. Yeah. The stuff you sniff with a hundred dollar bill. Right. Yeah. That's what they, that's what they found. Did they find the rolled? Hey, did they find the rolled up hundred dollar bill next to it? Uh, 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 from from Hunter, yeah, I think he's capped out from from having to pay child support to the child that he won't admit is his. He's probably going for uh, fives now. Right? Yeah, okay. so, yeah. This guy has, <laughs> that's another crazy That's another yeah. crazy story that Joe doesn't want to recognize his seventh granddaughter. Right? Isn't that unbelievable? Can you believe that? I mean, that is just so it's so foul to me. I mean. You know, I have kids and, and it's, they're the, you know, the most important 
treasures of, of my entire life. To to not and, and if they ever have grandchildren, it'll you know I'll consider it. You know, I, I'm not religious, but I'll consider it a huge blessing. It's the only word I could ever think to describe such an event. Yeah. But to to not to not honor that that child, to not take that child in and welcome it as as a Biden. As memory of family is just is just so beyond despicable. I mean, I just can't see how they could possibly think this is acceptable, let alone how it would play with the public. I no, mean, but don't you see? They can do this because the news media is not going to really cover it. Ninety well, percent. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> once again, let's play the what if game because I love it so much. It's a great game. Uh, what if Trump had done that? You know, you should make a board game. Uh, and what if, uh, what if Trump? Yeah, we'll yeah, what if no, Trump? just what if. You should just what have if, a what if game. What and if. you can have different That's it, yeah. various. Just what if. Yeah, 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 we know that Trump could never do this, so they have to really hide it. Where Biden, out there in the open, they can do whatever they want. It's not going to get covered. They're not going to get called on it by the news media. Never. Ah, he doesn't want to wreck. Six is enough. What do you need to say? Remember, eight is enough? Well, I guess six is enough. You don't need seven. And did you see what they're doing? Instead of wrecking, instead of giving the child a Biden name, they're giving the, they're giving her paintings. <laughs> does, does the kid actually, the kid's probably got better paintings she's made. How old is she? Like six right now? She's probably done a lot, lot better. Yeah, they're work. giving her the, the, the paintings of the, of the great Leonardo da Vinci Biden. <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci Biden, the great painter. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe Hunter and W can get together because W became a painter also. Maybe they can get together and do like a combination work, work on a painting together. That, yeah, yeah, you know, if, if if the if the kid turns the painter over, turns the canvas over, and rips off the paper in the back, they're probably going to find additional kilo of coke back there. Well, it's it's absolutely. Insane that first of all, it's insane that this great family man he's always talking about family, family values, all my grandchildren, what they're doing to this kid is horrible. And then paying, paying the kid off, paying a fucking little child off with paintings instead of letting that's just that's just incredible. It really is. It shows what a, this guy's look, Biden's a scumbag. We've always known this, right. He's a, a, a pure scumbag. He always has been and always will be. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I really like that game of yours. You know, you should you should contact Hasbro about this and ask them if they'll make a game called What If for, for you. And, and I guess you can start it off with that by um, you can say, what if so-and-so did something, blah, 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 blah. And then you can have some little uh, selections, A, B, C, D on there maybe or something. And then you, then the turnaround in the game that makes it interesting is then you say, well, what if? And then you draw a new card and it's somebody else. What if Joe Biden said this? <laughs> and then everyone changed their opinion. And you watch how everyone changed their opinion. It's a game. It's by Hasbro, the game of hypocrisy. <laughs> the game of Hasbro. Hasbro. Or the Parker Brothers, right? The Parker yeah. Brothers, yes. Yeah, Parker Brothers beat me in bed. Yeah. Can I ask game you why, hypocrisy. why did they evacuate the White House when um, cocaine? Yeah, was yeah. that's that's interesting. Probably because um, they probably had some anthrax uh, policy that was still in place, and any white powder, whether it was uh, talc or whatever, they had to, to, to evacuate everyone out of there. Oh well, my God! Yeah. Everyone's going to get high. Evacuate. Yeah. Evacuate. <laughs> oh, no, everyone might have dry butts or something, you know. That's but if you look at this, I'm going through my newsfeed. I'm looking at stories written about this. Okay, that post millennial thing that I just read. 
poorly written, redstate.com, um, Breitbart, let me see, is it Breitbart? No, Business Insider, that's a big one, Newsmax.com. I don't see CNN, I don't see ABC, I don't see, I don't see much on here about this. And you have to really dig. You have to look up the, you have to look up the uh, hashtag cocaine to find anything about this. Where, we know, if it were Donald Trump's White House, it'd be, we'd be hearing about it 24-7, breaking news on CNN, MSNBC, be all over our, our social media feeds. Our phones would be going crazy with, with, with news alerts. Look, I don't know. Oh, when... yeah. We, we, we would have no idea it was even July 4th if this happened. No. Probably July 4th would be canceled. We don't need to worry about July 4th. All we need to talk about is, uh, is the cocaine found um, by the West Wing. You know, it's... The hypocrisy is getting to the point now where I almost feel like um, I almost it feels like I shouldn't even be pointing it out anymore. It's so obvious. You know, it's like me coming on here and saying, you know what? The sky is blue today. You know, it gets dark at night. The sky gets dark at night. It's like, why even talk about this? It's so obvious. The only people who would never admit this are people in the cult of Democrat. You have to be in the cult of Democrat to believe that the news media treats Republicans and Democratic presidents fairly the same. I mean, you, you, you have to have no fucking brain, no common sense, no decency, no standards, no morals, no ethics, no values to really believe that the news media handles it the same. They don't. They don't because they're not real journalists, because they're political activists. Daniel, we've talked about this a million times. Real journalists would want to be all over this stuff. Imagine the journalist who through investigative journalism finds out where that came from. The first person, this used to be the big thing in the media. They wanted to be first. I got the story first. I got the facts first. Now they just all sit back and eh, who cares? It's, it's got, it's, it's really grotesque. Like I said, maybe it hurts me more than a lot of other people because I worked in this business. And when I worked, when I was in, when I was in the heart of it in the nineties, we had real journalists I work with people who wanted to break the story, who wanted to get the facts first, and now that's all gone. No, it's, yeah, it's been replaced by the mercenary. Um, absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and their main job is to get the narrative straight across. That, the absolutely, that's right. They're, 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 now they want to get the narrative. Now they want to create the narrative first. Oh, I, we create the narrative first. Not we got the facts we got the we, we 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 got the details of the story. We broke the story first. No, they don't care about that anymore. Now it's, let's let's set the narrative first. We're heroes on the left for setting the narrative before. Yeah, and, else. That, and that, yeah, and, and, and then they're good uh, um, organizers, good managers by coordinating the narrative across them, the uh, whole spectrum of the, the the fourth estate. Yeah, and then you'll get some really good journalists on these little outside fringe publications. And they're called, they'll get the real facts, they'll do the real journalism, and they'll be called conspiracy theorists. Yep, whoops, someone did journalism. Got to put it into that. Yeah, someone did real journalism. They're a conspiracy theorist. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. They actually did the they actually did the real grunt work, the real legwork of getting all the facts. But don't believe them because they're just conspiracy theorists. Believe, believe you know, PBS and NBC and CNN, MSNBC, they, they say there's nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. If there was something to see here, they would say it. These these experts would, would definitely tell us. Yeah. So they're, they're, uh, they're, they're putting up the metal barriers on my street here in San Francisco. Um, oh, no. 
by the wharf. I guess um, I don't know if this is for the Fourth of July fireworks or if the parade is going to come through here. But they're out here constructing barriers um, uh, on the uh, uh, on North Point Street here right now. Um, it's uh, yeah. I tried to look up the uh, parade route online, and San Francisco is in such disarray it can't even publish its parade route. I have a question for you. I'm going to be giving a philosophical here. We should talk a little bit about the 4th of July. Um, what does, does the 4th of July mean something different to you now than it did pre-COVID? You know, it does. And it's strange you ask that question because I've been thinking about that myself. And it means, mm-hmm. I think it means quite a lot more to me right now. But it, it means, it means, I, when, when I think about it, I feel how separated I am from the rest of Americans that don't seem to value um, patriotism and don't seem to value our country and the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. I mean, we're seeing that play out right now after the decisions that were handed down this last week. People are calling this an illegitimate court. Um, People just, you know, they just have no respect for, for our country. So, when I think about the Fourth July, I think about yeah, how much the Constitution means to me, and how deep of shit you and I and all the rest <laughs> of the San Franciscans that oppose these mandates—how deep shit we would have been in, in the absence of a Constitution. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think about it more now. I do. I think about it more now than I did before. You know what it was? I think. People like you and I and many of us, maybe we took it for granted a little bit more, right? Yeah. Before COVID. Yeah. And yeah. now we're seeing how important it is, how, how well, important the, everything that those founding fathers wrote, Yeah, how important took, it is. Yeah. And maybe we took it in granted in part because both you and I come from, you know, we were liberals for a long time. And you know, a shudder. I should. I should yeah, well, the word. Well, yeah, but but liberals traditionally, you know, they they stood up for the Constitution for except anything except That's for true. the second Second That's Amendment they stood up for. But now they become such a, a liberal band of of, of tyrants that um, they, they simply don't. They simply seem to have no place no value whatsoever in the Constitution, which is a very, very, very different um, form of liberalism. Like I said, it's not liberalism anymore. We've talked about this many times. It's illiberalism. And what got them to change? Well, Trump broke their brains. It's that simple. Um, And it's simple. It's bizarre. It's it shows such lack of character in so many of our fellow Americans that their brains could be broken so easily by someone like Trump. Um, yeah, but to answer your question once again, I, I do, especially over the last three years, value more and more. And do you remember? I was so impressed by um, uh, when was it? Twenty twenty, um, July fourth, twenty twenty. When Gavin Newsom and uh, other um, uh, um, Bay Area and, uh, and and Southern California political officials were saying, no fireworks this year, no fireworks this year because of COVID, et cetera. Right. And what did everybody do? They blasted off more fireworks than you've ever seen in your life in residential areas. The most yes. amazing yes. thing any of us well, ever seen on a fortune well, fire. Think about how, once again, we don't need to talk about dumb Gavin Newsom. We know Gavin Newsom is a, is a, is a dumb, vacant tyrant. We know that. Vapid, no brain, uh, hair full of hair gel, 
All he cares about is power. But think of how st- fucking stupid that was. No fireworks because of a cold virus. Think yeah. about that. You can't go out and set off a firework because you're going to you're going to contract COVID. You're going to contact. You're going to, you're going to spread COVID by setting by 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 lighting a sparkler. Think how fucking stupid this man is. But not just stupid. All he cared about. And we talk about this now with the 4th of July was his authoritarianism. He got off. He, he fucking ejaculated on the idea of telling people what to do and what they yeah, couldn't do. But people yeah. sure didn't like being told what to do, did they? <laughs> well, look, some people didn't, but many it people did exactly as he said, Daniel. Many okay. people in California did exactly, especially in San Francisco, in Sacramento, in Los Angeles, did exactly what he said. Well, when it comes to Richmond, California, uh, uh, Orange County, California, there's a number of places across California. Orange County is a great place. That's a place of freedom, of course. Yeah, Yeah, but Richmond, California, of all places, they were blasting off more fireworks than I have ever seen before. It was the most amazing thing to see them lighting off fireworks from from residential areas. I mean, it was just... I mean, take all of the uh, city-sponsored uh, fireworks displays over you know over the last forty years that I've that I've seen. Um, none of them came anywhere close to being the just looking like the display of fireworks that I saw just coming up. You know, just no, I, I recall, I remember some of that. I do, yeah. I do. But I also remember a lot of people here in San Francisco saying, "Oh no, we're we're going to do exactly as it's too dangerous." Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. right across the bay at San Francisco. But Richmond was saying yeah. we're having none of this. Well, and of course, the, the the leaders of these cities were marching in lockstep with Newsom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they London Breed was lots of ways after that. You know, they they were trying to show their uh, independence, and yeah. yeah, they started cracking down with with mask mandates, and they started, you know, the, the lockdowns got harder. Um, it, the, yeah, it was there was a real um, uh, blowback for for standing up and saying, ah, "Sorry, we're free." But we're it's going to take more. Room. It's not over, Daniel, because now. Climate people, climate whack jobs are coming for the 4th of July, right? Now they're saying that this is not good for the environment to shoot off fireworks. So they're never going to stop with their authoritarianism, right? They're never going to, like they're saying, we can't have cold pizza anymore. We can't have wood-fired pizza oven anymore. We can't have wood-fired pizza, coal-fired pizza anymore because that's bad for the environment. The way they tell us, you must use these pronouns, right? These authoritarians say, you must call me this. You don't dare call me a man. I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a they. I'm an it. You must call me they. You must call me it. Telling us what language we must use. We must use. Remember, these people don't say, please call me this. They don't say, it's your choice if you want to call me this if you want. They say, no. We're telling you what words can and cannot come out of your mouth when you're addressing me. And I say, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's that's likely to be to be my response as well. Um, anyone that tells me what I'm going to what to say, you, you can be sure that the next thing that I'm going to say is going to be exactly what they didn't want to be said. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is part of the authoritarian, tyrannical way of the left, whereas you must do as we say. If you don't do as we say, we're going to find ways to punish you. And one of those ways we're going to punish you is by trying to label you as a as a 
as a fascist, right? As a, as a terrorist, as a phobe of some kind of a phobe. They're always making up phobe. They love phobe. You're a this phobe. You're a oh. transphobe, homophobe. You're a it phobe. You're a they phobe. So this is what they try to do to you. And they try to get you canceled. They try to get you fired. They try to make sure you can never work again. We see this over and over again, Daniel. And we need to really think about this stuff. Here we are on the eve of the 4th of July. We need to really think about this and what we need to do to fight back and to defeat this authoritarianism. Well, if you're not a phobe, you're an ist. And um, tomorrow evening, I'm just going to have my little quiet uh, celebration, I guess. Uh, What are you going to do? I'm going to walk to the top of Taylor Street. Great view up there. One of the best views of the city, and see if I can see the fireworks. Hopefully, it won't be too overcast. Um, mm. I was, I was. The weather was was looking good yesterday. Actually, I walked up to the top of Taylor um, because I wasn't sure it was going to be a good um, night tonight, and it was a clear night last night. It's a great, great view up there. Oh yeah, well, I'm I'm going to be doing a very typical thing on the Fourth of July. Very typical, uh, right as the fireworks. We're about to go off. I'm going to be watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I'm actually I'm going to see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is that family tradition or something? <laughs> no, it's not at all. Yes, that's my family tradition. Every Fourth of July, as the fireworks going off, we we stream the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> no, no, but this is what I'm going to be. I'm actually going to a local theater, which is showing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So. Uh. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah, I can't watch stuff like that. Yeah. No, no, but I think the biggest part of this is I'm so tired of the fireworks. I've been listening to fireworks outside my window for the last two weeks. But you know how this works. People start shooting them off two weeks before, and I'll be hearing them for at least a week after the 4th of July. So I'm so tired of fireworks. That's like, you know, I don't need to be outside. I want to be indoors watching a movie with other people, and I won't even hear the fireworks. You know, so, uh, you know, once again, I believe in individual freedom and liberty, but I don't know something about fireworks. I think that except for on the 4th of July, I don't think people should be shooting off fireworks. I mean, to me, that's akin to like just shooting a gun in the air constantly. You know, it's like I don't I don't get it. I'm not sure I I trust people with fireworks. I like the 4th of July and I like it done professionally. Yeah, I lived in New Mexico for for 10 years, and that is what they do on 4th of July. They go outside and they shoot their guns up in the air, and um, it it causes big problems. The bullets rain back down, and they've hurt people. I would think so. What goes up must come down, right? Yeah, they go right through the roofs. They go right through the roofs. Um, uh, Most of New Mexico's houses um, have flat roofs rather than pitched roofs, and they just go right through the roofs, (laughs) and they've hurt many people. Um, and sometimes people get, you know, get hit by them standing outdoors um, as well. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, but, but they I'm do that in that... Mexico city. Hmm? It, when you say in Mexico, you mean like in, in like city no, of New... 8 million people or outside the major New, cities? New Mexico. I lived in oh, New... I thought you said Mexico. Yeah. New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah. New Mexico. Um, they do that in New Mexico. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're... Yeah, guys. even though it's kind of a purple state, not even it's kind of deep blue these days. Well, yeah. they love their guns there, and lots of people walk around with open carry. 
In New Mexico? Yeah. I'm shocked. I don't. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't think that would be the case at all. Unless they changed the law since since I left there, which is about 15 years ago. Um, no, no, not no longer. About 17. God, why do they Why do they vote for some of the worst Democrats in the history, like Bill Richardson and people like that? I mean, now it's like pretty solidly Democrat. Joe Biden won easy. I don't get it. It's very odd. Sometimes it is, you know, it's a it's a very odd it's a very odd place. It's very um, it's highly stratis- stratified. For example, um, if you go up to Santa Fe, you know, you have the national labs there, um, and as well, you have the national labs in Albuquerque. They're both big employers. And Albuquerque also got the Kirkland Air Force Base, big employer. Um, but there's this, so there's a stratified, um, very conservative people that work at uh, at the labs and at Kirkland, and then there's everything else and. And it's like, and, and you know, the, the two cultures do mix and the two demographics do mix, but it's, 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 it's very stratified. It's, it's, it's an interesting place to, to be. I mean, as opposed to California, which is, is so homogeneous. Wow. Interesting. Well, the good news is if you talk about open carry, um, as of two days ago, July 1st, constitutional carry is legal in Florida now. So if you're in Florida, constitutional carry is legal. And what that means is it doesn't mean you can have a, a gun without a license. You have to get a license to have a gun as usual and register it and all that stuff, go through background checks. But once you've done all that, you don't need an extra license to actually like carry the gun with you. Like that's the whole point of having a gun so you can defend yourself from miscreants in the streets. You know, so in Florida, they have now constitutional carry as of July 1st. Thank you, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, the press is, is really going to town on DeSantis, aren't they? Well, like I said, it shows they're afraid of him. Like I said, why would you even talk about someone who has no chance of winning, right? Wait, he's done. He's finished. He's kaput. Why even write an article about him? Well, we know it's quite the opposite. Once again, it's always the opposite of the reality they claim is the actual reality. So, And then what will happen is once he wins everything, They'll have to write a story to save face about how he made this great comeback, right? Because they, they won't—they won't look like they don't want to look like total idiots. So at some point, when it's obvious that they can no longer write these stories and pretend he's done, once it looks like he's going to win, then they'll start writing these stories about how well he was done, but he's coming back now. He's making a great comeback. These people are so disingenuous, shit. And I think Daniel dropped out. It wasn't a firework. Um, but if you, oh, there he is. No, there's Bill. Bill, ah, Bill, you're trying to sneak in, huh? I'll get you in. I'll get you in. I just want to let Daniel finish if he comes back. And then we'll go to you, Bill. No, I'll go to you, Bill. I just want to see. Maybe I don't know what happened there. Remember, Daniel, oh, there he is. Daniel, come back on for a second. You can finish up. Was it, I hope it wasn't a a firecracker, was it? I don't know what happened. I think it was just, I think I, uh, it was equivalent of a butt dial on my phone or something. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It wasn't one of those. You know what I don't like? I don't like the loud fireworks. I like the colorful fireworks. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like the volume either. I don't like, I don't like the noise. I do. The ones that sound like a bomb, like we're in war, war three. I don't like, I, don't, I never yeah, understood yeah, yeah. those. I never yeah, understood I'm, I'm, out there, I'm out there with earplugs on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I try to protect my hearing because um, I've got some high frequency hearing loss. That it is. And I just, you know, I, motorcycles, you know, in San Francisco, they seem to love having the biggest, fattest hogs oh. that are obnoxious as hell. 
Um, and, and then they drive through the city where, where it reverberates and echoes off, their, off of all these you know, very hard surfaces. And yeah, um, I, I protect my hearing a lot in San Francisco and um, have to. The city is a noisy place. Um, but, but 4th of July, I'm out there with um, got the solid earplugs in. Just, just like the kind that I wear on the BART when I'm, on BART when I'm going through the, uh, the tunnel, mm. going through the tube. I took bought for the first time since pre-COVID uh, to the baseball game. And, you know, it was uneventful, but it was rush hour. A lot of people. Oh, that's when I told you that half the half the subway car was wearing masks. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, oh, you you, you took Bart for the first time. Sorry, I didn't get the first. Yeah, I took Bart for the first time, and half you know okay. half of the. Luckily, there was no one. The good news is there was no one doing crack when I was on it. No oh, one doing crack. fentanyl. You so I guess a good car then. Yeah. yeah, good car. Even though half the people in the car were wearing masks. So really, yeah. Wow. Yeah, half wow. the people. Half the people, wow. and ninety percent of those people were of Asian descent. Yeah, I, I got on a, a car um, on uh, on Friday, and there's some dude uh, just lights up a cigarette and is puffing away in the car. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I've told I've told you about seeing the guys doing fentanyl in there. You know this what? Guys just got this cigarette. And, and when I talk about stinks of tobacco. Yeah, when I talk about these people doing fireworks for like weeks before Fourth July and after, I, what bothers me it, it probably bothers me more now than it did, you know, when I was younger, especially living in San Francisco with where the where the, where the criminal element has taken over. It kind of bugs me. It's almost like. People saying "fuck you," we'll we'll set off fireworks if we want at two in the morning, and you can't do anything about it. And guess what? They can't do anything about it. So it's almost like the people who want to break laws are in control here, which they are, and they are, you know. So that kind of bothers me. You know, I think if I were mayor, I'd be like a be like an old west mayor, you know, be like the old west sheriff, hang them high, baby. I'd arrest everybody. I think we need someone like that. We need kind of a Giuliani type. Um, yeah, that's just D- going to say, Harry, you know what? Dirty we're Harry not going to allow. City. Yeah, we're not going to allow the criminals to take over the city. We're not going to allow it. We're going to arrest everyone. We're going to round everyone up. We're going to fight fire with fire, and we're not going to let you, you know, take over our city anymore. Yeah, we we need to get Charles Bronson and and uh, uh, Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, to, to, to team up and um, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Well, that, that's it yeah. for me tonight. Um, All right, Daniel. Have a good fourth. Have a good fourth yeah, of July. Yeah. I will. I will. Enjoy your too. walk um, to the Vlad. Vlad, what are you doing? What are you doing for your fourth, buddy? You want to know Call what Vlad's in. doing for sure? I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe he'll tell yeah. us. All right. Thanks, Daniel. We'll see you. Do you want to? Did you want to say something, Bill? Maybe you can tell us what the Fourth of July means to you. Bill, what does the fourth? What it means to me, well, it's what it used to mean to me. I mean, uh, growing up, we always had picnics in the backyard and uh, family and friends and, uh, you know, fireworks. And we were, uh, you know, most of the holidays that are celebrated here in America, most families, I don't think we really think about what we're celebrating. We're celebrating it's a holiday. You know, it's an yeah. opportunity to celebrate. 
Right. Um, right. Right. We don't actually we're, think about why no, we're celebrating. I, why we have a day off. We don't think about that stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. an opportunity to get together and, and have a picnic or, you know, a, uh, yeah. A backyard party. That's kind of how it was, to be honest with you. Even even the Christmas holidays or Easter, you know, mm. uh, we weren't focusing on Jesus so much as the, the way the holidays were depicted through our media. Right. You know, the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. And so our media does an interesting job of twisting that all on a pretzel, if you ask me. But um, Yeah, I think we should reflect on... You know, it's this whole thing about reflecting on the holiday, you know, what the holiday means, why we have yeah. it, you know, who allowed us to have it, right? Why why we why we do have this day off and why we do celebrate. And I think for a lot of things, people, like you say, they just take it as a day off and they yeah. don't think for a second, you know, what it really means. And that's, uh, that's too bad. But as I said, I think it means more to me now than it did before COVID. I think with Daniel, yeah, I, I think more about the founding fathers and the Declaration of Independence and, and the Constitution and, and all of that stuff and what they were thinking, why they wrote it, you know, why they wrote it. They were the reason you would write something like that is because you're envisioning what society's like without it. Right. Without these rules that we live by, what would society look like? And they knew it would look like tyranny. It would look like dictatorship. And they put these rules in place so people like Joe Biden and Gavin Newsom and so on and so forth could not become tyrants, could not become dictators. And or or if you're a Democrat, the same thing about Republicans, any anyone of any party could not become a, a dictator and a tyrant. But after what the Democrats did to us over the last three years, I just think more and more about those founding fathers and how, thank God. Thank God they wrote those things, right? Because, Bill, we saw other countries, right, that were worse, right, where they didn't have that uh, piece of paper that they wrote these these basic freedoms down on. And those countries were worse than us, right? Like uh, Australia, right, China, you know. They, Are you talking about the COVID measures uh, yeah, Canada, in particular? Canada, to even an extent, right? Countries without the U.S. Constitution were able to really clamp down even more than they were in this country, but they didn't have those, you know, constitutional rights that we have. Well, uh, you know, the Constitution's a good working uh, framework. Uh, the Declaration of Independence, the, our right to due process, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, um, you know, most people aren't aware. Of, once you get into a situation when you need your rights, like George Carlin said, they're privileges and they get taken away. We're not part of the club, you know. If you're not, uh, if you're not part of the top one tenth of one percent, or that owns a large percentage of the stock market, if you're not in positions of power, you go into court. Let me tell you, Mike, it's all an extortion racketeering act for what I call the predatory class. I don't like call them the elite class. But what um, they could do to you if we didn't have those protections, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's true. You're right. I mean, we're constantly having to defend these protections, right? We're constantly having to fight for them, right? And uh, as well, we have a Supreme Court. You know, we have, to, we have to do lawsuits. We have to claim a grievance. We have to have standing. You know, we have to fight, constantly fight to keep these rights, well, let me say, I mean, I mean, think about what they could do without them. 
Yeah, but I think you're not quite clear what is really going on now. I mean, all you have to do is look at Julian Assange, look at any of the great whistleblowers and what happened to them, what's still happening. You look at freedom of the press, it's lost in many ways. Uh, you look at, if you want to talk about COVID, the, the doctors, the good doctors that want to use repurposed drugs and talk about those protocols. Um, we went through the last three years of absolute medical tyranny and malpractice, and that's a very real thing that really crushed small uh, businesses uh, in the no, bankruptcy. We did. Yeah. we did. We we did in a way, uh, as RFK Jr. has has spoken about, and as DeSantis to a degree have, have spoken about. We yeah. let them, in a way, at certain points to a certain degree, suspend the Constitution which we can never allow them to ever do again. Yeah, well, that was a very sophisticated um, attack on people's uh, sense of uh, stability uh, to demoralize, destabilize uh, with fear uh, and, and motivate people to do something that was totally illogical, that there was no... Uh, evidence of or need for or efficacy proven um mm -hmm. but that's what's all very sophisticated but, uh, i'll control. go further rj yeah. jr said this even if they were able even if it was a a, a a a pandemic that really did kill millions of people even if they were able to prove that it was killing it was a plague <laughs> you still don't suspend the constitution you can never well. suspend the constitution there's no caveat in the Constitution that says this can be suspended for this amount of time if this, that, or the other thing. That's the price you pay for freedom. Well, it should be that way. Unfortunately, we didn't see that. Um, and the other thing is people, the whole, there was such a mass formation psychosis of propaganda and the ideological subversion of creating the distinct um, destabilization, the demoralization, locking people down, forcing them to stay home, or if they didn't get the job, they lose their job. And there was such a, a uh, intense uh, uh, manipulation driven mm -hmm. by fear, mm -hmm. because uh, that was all ramped up to be a total fraud. And to realize that that just happened to all of us, it's really hard to wrap your head around. That's true. The, it is. People, I mean, this is like, as as Andrew Bridgen said, and the, the British MP, uh, who actually lost his position with the Tory party by saying, he quoted a cardiologist saying, this is the worst, the vaccines have been the worst mass genocide since the Holocaust. Um, the numbers of people right. who uh, died and have gotten ill uh, is still unknown. Not to mention, I just put in the live chat, the... Uh, the effect of the vaccine, I found an article in PubMed, which you know I like to go into, mm -hmm. uh, because I like to get into the science a little bit. I, I don't have a medical degree like Daniel or anything like that. But um, let me flip down to it. So this is Dr. Seneff out of MIT, and she's talking about innate immune suppression by SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines, the role of G quadruplexes, exosomes, and microRNA. RNAs. The point being, what they're calling turbo cancers now, Dr. Ryan Cole has cited, and Dr. Luke Montagnier, who was a Nobel Prize winning scientist, who said that these vaccines would cause just what we're seeing now. 
right. a lot of diseases that are spiking. Uh, one, well, let me scroll up, uh, cancers have gone up, let me see, is 11.6%? Hold on a second, let me go to that. Um, turbo cancers I was reading about, where people get cancer and it progresses extremely rapidly and takes them down. Yeah, um, yeah. So just released, the American Cancer Society annual report on cancer shows an 11.5% excess cases. Mm. That, that's not from COVID. You know, Mike, and... Um, no, I don't. There's, you can't get cancer from COVID. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. virus. It's a cold virus. You get cancer. It's ridiculous. Look, all the stuff they make up, they pull out of their asses because they, they, they simply can't admit they were wrong, right? Everything, everything's long COVID, Bill. Everything's long COVID. You're depressed? Long COVID. Oh, you're depressed. You know, you're you're anxious. Long COVID. You can't sleep. Long COVID. You got a headache. Long COVID. Come on. And once again, they've never been able to prove any of it. There's no proof of anything they've ever said over the last three and a half years. They just pull it out of their ass and they hope the Olympics just take it. Well, there's actually, from what I'm reading, there's a woman up in Canada who's got like 180 FOIA Freedom of Information requests throughout Canada, different provinces. And she's never got confirmation of any government agency of the virus even being isolated from the human body. No, there hasn't been. The whole time, yeah. they were never able to actually do that. I, had, I I knew people who were talking about that three years ago. I remember that. Yeah, they were talking to friends who were talking about this April, May, June of 2020. They were talking right. about this idea of not being able to isolate it, not being able to isolate it. And they kept on talking about it, and they kept on talking about it, and they've never been able to do it, ever. Right. Right. Yeah, we developed a protocol from a polymer chain reaction uh, process that Dr. the Nobel Prize winning scientist, Kerry Mullis, developed mm-hmm. that was never yeah. meant to be used as a diagnostic tool, yeah. just be used as a laboratory uh, uh, tool, basically yeah. to create a whole lot of something out of something is the way you put it in layman's yeah. terms. So not just, the, not just the people that we've talked about this a million times, you and I, Bill, and the people yeah. who have been hurt by these policies. We talked That's about my point. the vaccine failures, the vaccine side right. effects, the vaccine mm-hmm. deaths, the vaccine injuries. We've talked about this, but also... Yes. Uh, I understand to a lesser degree it's important because it's only it's money. But you know, New York, I had mentioned this last week, New York, people totally forgot about this. They did that COVID. Remember that COVID passport program? Yeah, yeah you mentioned it last week. Where you had like a, a little passport, an app with your little COVID passport. That cost a quarter of a billion dollars to develop, Bill. Right. $250 million. Taxpayer money funded that ridiculous passport program and they just quietly shut it down last week quietly yeah, well, shut it down 250 million dollars wasted but that's the calm before the storm because if you look at the world health organization international health regulation amendments that will kick in automatically in the 2024 unless nations voted down uh there's going to be international vaccine mandates that they'll be able to uh declare and climate uh, and virus, whatever they choose, shutdowns, if there's a threat to the health of the populace, they'll be determining that. But they're really just puppets for the Gates Foundation. 80% of it is funded by 
by non-government organizations, the Wellness mm-hmm. Trust, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Gates Foundation, the Global Alliance for Vaccine and Immunology, which is a Gates partially funded organization. So yeah. we're in up with a medical tyranny. That's not hyperbole. And people need to be aware. I keep talking about this. And, yeah, and, remember Gates and his wife both giggled about the prospect. Yes. A future, a future pandemics, right? They laughed about it. They did. They laughed about it the way Kamala giggles. Yeah. Kamala constantly giggles about serious things. They laughed about that. That's a that's there's a psychological name for that where people have a mask on. Psycho. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. There's narcissistic psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Narcissistic. (laughs) Psychopath, murderer, you know, hiding behind a smile. I think that's a technical term for it. In plain, simple terms, narcissistic psychopaths. Yeah, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them out there. I wanted to touch on a couple of quick things before I forget. I had it in the. I'd have to find it again and put in my clip tray. We talked about this at the end of the show last week. Was uh, the House is floating a bill to defund? You know, our involvement with the world health organization mm-hmm. to get us out of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's being brought by Republicans. And um, and also, uh, these whole misinformation, disinformation uh, programs to get away from all of that. There's, I got to go back and find it, Mike. It was reminded as, as you were talking about it again, and I'd have to go source it, and uh, which I can do, and put it in the live chat. But that's a bill that it's an appropriations bill that they'll be voting on, you know, the end of 2024. So hopefully the thing is that we have this bifurcation society. Some, like you said, Fauci got hired by Georgetown. Like he's a professor now and he's sure. bought an $18.6 million property because with yeah. all the money he's made, there's people idolizing this guy who believe well, as that. As long as you have these liberal universities, this is going to happen. Yeah. They always hired. Look, which is like Chesa Budin, the DA who was booted out here in San Francisco, was hired mm-hmm. by Berkeley. You know, so you're always going to have these liberal institutions who who want to push a certain narrative and want a virtue signal and hire these people, you know. And uh, that's basically what it comes down to, because it's it's a it's a it's a disease that's passed down from the professors to the students. Right. They they disease the minds of the students into believing that these people are heroes. Right. So to have them at the university is such a prestigious thing because then students will want to go to these universities where they have these prestigious people like Chesa Budin and Tony Fauci. And that's the problem with the whole education system. Forget about this also ties in to the student loan thing, right, that is so expensive. We're funding these universities. The whole whole system is fucked up, right? The universities are impossible to get into. They're very expensive. Wealthy people can afford to get in. Millionaires can afford to get to pay for their kids to get in. If not, you got to take out these ridiculous student loans that you can never possibly pay off or that take decades to pay off with these incredible interest rates. And to do what? To go and get a shitty degree that's not really worth anything because it's just brainwashing by liberal professors. So this whole system needs to be changed and dismantled. Look, the only one out there who's running for office who's really talking about things that I've talked about here for the last two years, which is dismantling and rebuilding like the NIH and the FBI mm-hmm. and all these, all these places and getting out of the WHO is Ron DeSantis. He's actually literally just said that he would dismantle 
about four agencies, right? The education, the NIH, all the stuff, the CDC, all the stuff that we've seen has been total garbage and bullshit run by the left wing over the last three years and before that and rebuilding them into the institutions they're supposed to be, right? And the only one really talking about that is Ron DeSantis. And so you'd have to say at the end of 2024, you say this is going to possibly happen. You would hope we'd have a president-elect at that point who's not going to allow us to live under the thumb, the rule of the WHO. Yep. Okay, let me ask a couple of things. Um, I thought I – aren't we hearing that from RFK Jr. as well, though? Isn't oh, he yeah, we're just, hearing it from RFK. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if RFK Jr. has technically said that Ron, like Ron, De, Ron DeSantis named four specific agencies. He said he would get rid okay. of. Okay. And I don't ever recall RFK Jr. saying that, but I think Vivek Ramaswamy recently, I mean, after a week after DeSantis made this speech, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy said he would do that to the uh, uh, education. But and then everyone covered that like he was this brilliant guy who's going to get who's going to dismantle, you know, one one agency after Ron DeSantis just put out this entire plan to dismantle four agencies. But they want to give Vivek the credit because Vivek is not a threat to win. Ron DeSantis is, Um, you know, so RFK, I don't know. Once again, wouldn't these be great questions to ask at like a debate? But. RFK Jr. is not going to be involved in any debates. No, I think we're going to have to rely on the um, social media platforms, the YouTube, the platforms that uh, are are hosting him to get his voice out, obviously. And, yeah. and we're seeing that, you know. Joe he, Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah, and they actually have a pretty broad reach. But, you know, there's a lot of mainstream media people still that aren't, that, that aren't catching that. I think... You know, RFK Jr., of course, his father was killed for saying he was going to dismantle the CIA after they betrayed him regarding the the Bay of Pigs or even trying to get him into Operation Northwoods. Well, we know that RFK Jr. has definitely talked about the evil CIA. There's no doubt about that. You know, um, but uh, the other agencies like, you know, like uh, CDC and NIH or or education, I don't know if he's for making any major changes there. Oh, yeah. Be nice to ask him these questions. Well, I mean, answers. You know, you know. Regarding, I want to talk about the vaccines in general. He's brought this to the fore now that I think is very important. The vaccine adjuvants, mercury was used in the past, now aluminum that mm-hmm. are known to cross the blood-brain barrier, and there, he he cites over four hundred medical uh, journal entries. You know, on on this contributing. To autism. In fact, there was a woman who got his attention on it as a, when he was an environmental lawyer who won a $20 million settlement for her son getting autism from the vaccine. That He tells that story. So this is not a fringe thing. I mean, now the other thing is, like he said, when he, he was a kid, it was six vaccines, you know, so he's, what, 70, uh, I think. Yeah, 69. 60, yeah, almost 70. Yeah. Six, that was it, and the vaccine schedule. Now there's 72. And yeah, Dr. Ridiculous. Peter McCullough, mm-hmm. He talks about this hyper-vaccination process and how destructive it is for the immune system overall. That, that's why we we don't rank well overall internationally for health as a nation. You know, we're not no, we're towards the bottom. Especially yeah. for a nation as wealthy as we are, we should be. You would uh, think no, we're at the bottom. 
That's yeah. the GMO foods. The uh, uh, Dr. Sanef, MIT again, talks about the glyphosates, yeah, the fungicides, uh, I, pesticides, everything. I know the- a guy on Twitter who's an actor, um, and he's a conservative, and he went to he's in London recently, spending some time in London, and he's been tweeting about how he just feels better eating the food there. Yeah. He says it's just better food. He says he feels better eating the same stuff, the same kinds of foods that he eats here, but it's just not as you know you don't have all the processing the you know, all those additives yeah. all the chemicals yeah. that we, this i experienced this when i went to uh, italy a few years really? back yes and i was eating stuff in italy i was actually eating stuff in italy i don't eat here more fattening stuff you know i was eating italian mm. food bill of course fattening, yeah right a little wine with oh, that you'll be yeah, fine I was, right? the, I was eating the you know the pasta and i was eating mm. you know the cannolis and i was eating all oh, the, the bread and i was and I was losing weight. Wow. Losing weight. And I said, why the hell? Why do I feel better? I don't feel like bloated. And I'm actually, yeah. I think I lost five pounds on them. How did I lose five pounds eating pasta and cheese? And well, it's because they don't have, it was all homemade. It was all homemade, right? Yeah. Homemade. They didn't have all the additives, the preservatives, all that stuff. And I just felt better. Yeah, well, that's what Dr. Seneff talks about. Health starts in the gut biome and how all these chemicals destroy the, health, the gut biome, causing a dysbiosis and all kinds of problems from there, you know, um, including immune dysregulation and uh, uh, metabolic syndrome. Uh, and in fact, we, we had, with 4.3% of the population, we had were said to be 25% of the COVID deaths, whether they were COVID or influenza, you know, however you want to define it, since they never isolated the virus. The point being, we still had 25% of the deaths. That's why the things you just cited. So who are you talking to about that? That's interesting. Drew just said, maybe it's because I was walking more on vacation, but not really, because I walk a lot here and I wasn't even working out the way I do here. So I should add that to it. I was eating more fatty foods than I eat here, and I wasn't working out five days a week like I do. It was I walking a little bit more, maybe, but I wasn't, one, I'm not one of those tourists that walk all around. I take, I take a lot of cabs, you know, I, I take a lot of Uber and Lyft wherever I go now, you know, so I don't like walk around the entire city like a lot of tourists do. I like, I like taking cabs and having the cab driver tell me about certain places and stuff like right, that. So it wasn't right. like I was walking a ton. Yeah, I might have been walking a little more than I do here, but I wasn't working out you know, the way I do here. So I, I don't think that I can really say that's why. I, I yes, think overall. And I think, once again, mm-hmm. like I hear other people when they're in places like London or Paris, they say the same things, that they're eating foods, they feel better, and they just, uh, they don't they don't feel weighed down that, like they do here when they eat the same things here. But I think, Bill, I think you can back me up on it. I think it's a fact that they don't use all the additives and preservatives that we do here, Right. Well, there's GMO foods that are not allowed to be sold in certain right. European markets right. that are sold here, for right. example. And yeah. the, our foods are highly processed. And, and everything you buy that's not organic is sprayed with glyphosates and pesticides and fungus. We're talking all grains and all produce. Yeah. So, you know, that, 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 that has an overall effect on our bodies. We're not necessarily yeah. aware of it. I'm hearing more effect. and more from doctors here how the food here is really going downhill. And I agree with them. I think the food here is going downhill. And I, you know, Mm -hmm. I order something called uh, HelloFresh. Have you heard of HelloFresh? 
They, they deliver to yeah, you? Yeah, they deliver yeah. like meals to you every every week. You have to cook them. They're not they're not pre cooked. Mm-hmm. But they deliver the meals and the ingredients and they give you the ingredients and the and the you know, the, the way to cook them and all that. But uh and that's really high quality food. Mm. I mean it's a lot of it is organic stuff, yeah. you know, and it's not like low quality, trashy food. So right. I try to eat healthy. You yes, know, I'm sorry. the portions are good, it's not too much. And I still don't feel great here eating the in eating the food we have here. Interesting. And it could also be Mike. Well, you do drink the bottled water, but um, you know our water, our city water. Um, I read an article in 2017 USA Today. You remember when Flint, Michigan, was a hot topic? Um, still haven't rectified the water issues. It's a shame. But the point being is that in USA Today, it cited over 2,000 water districts that had a lead issue here in the United States, but it wasn't being made well known. Uh, Plus many other chemicals in the water. Um, there's a lot of reasons why are, we're towards the bottom of overall health, uh, even with our expensive system. And right. uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, the quality of the food has a lot to do with it. We talk a lot about, to do with it. We yeah. talk about being, being obese. You know, Daniel talks about it a lot. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on this show, especially during COVID. But I think this poor quality food leads to makes it easier to be obese. I think it leads to people being obese. It's one of the elements, one of the factors. And I, like I, you said, I mean, I, I don't think other countries, I think other countries simply have better food, better quality often, food. Often. And then you, you know, you also develop a sluggish gut from the dysbiosis. And frankly, you know, just talking like it is, retaining uh, fecal matter in the colon as opposed to people who become, can become loaded with some of that um, and not realize it. So, uh, yeah. anyway. Every once in a while, it's good to have a high colonic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's easy to do is just magnesium citrate. You could buy it in a green bottle at any pharmacy. My grandma used to tell me about it. It's an old remedy if you're constipated. Or you can just start taking magnesium to tolerance, and then you start getting looser bowel stools. Interesting. Look at the things you learn on this show. Hey, listen, you know, that reminds me of something I wanted to talk to. Alcohol is the yeah, nasal. Yeah. Uh, remember you were talking about your sinus issues? Uh-huh. There's uh, a product. I, I bought three uh, uh, pints of it, uh, and I haven't had to use it, <laughs> oddly enough. But I used to have big sinus problems because I broke my nose so many times, deviated septum and stuff. And... Alcohol is a product you can buy to use as a, a, a nasal uh, sort of, that's the right word, I'm like, irrigation, you know, oh. and it's it's got the various uh, essential oils in it that, mm. remember we talked about at the base of certain trees like pine trees and eucalyptus and whatnot, yes. you don't yes. see any weeds because it has natural uh, products that knock those down. So alcohol, Mike, that's the name of the, if you if you can get it at any health food store, or find it online, a or any uh, herbal oil, something they call Does essential this help, oils. Does help sinuses? Does help with the sinuses? Yeah, what you do is you uh, dilute it in water, and people. Some people use what's called a neti pot, uh, which I haven't used, but I usually use like a nasal mist. Yeah, container. I was told to use a neti pot, but I have never gotten into it. It just seems like the process to me is. Uh, I don't want to. You know. Um, I you know I just would personally. Like, you know, when you would buy a sinus spray, the bottle, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, I would use a, na- a nasal mist bottle 
Yeah, I, I heard instead, about a horror story about the neti pot. You know, they say when you use those things, you uh-huh. to use distilled water, right? Right. Right. I, I heard of a where well, someone put like tap water in there, and they ended yeah. up like some amoeba in their brain. Some horrible. That can thing. happen. That, I think that was in Florida. Like yeah. it's not common in New England, but in Florida, well, yeah. Imagine that. You, you, who knows? You probably someone just filled it up with tap water, thinking that was okay, and she ended up with some kind of a brain amoeba. Well, yeah. I'm told yeah, that's why you're supposed to use distilled water. I guess it's safer. Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, that, that you buy that by the gallon at any any pharmacy anyway. I mean, that's pretty easy to get. You don't have to distill your own water. But um, so yeah, so that just wanted to pass on those. Um, thinking of, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned it, and I forgot to bring it back to that. So yeah, but um, you know, there's something else I wanted to cite that. I put in a live chat, Mike. It has to do with a retired British intelligence uh, man who became a professor of doctorate, Dr. John Coleman. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book in 93 called The Committee of 300. And it was very pressing. You know, just like you and I talked about the movie uh, uh, Network. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yep. Well, the Committee of 300, I, I, I put some information in there, we, you know, rooted in the Club of Rome and the agendas. Uh, Coleman explained that the World Economic Forum, the UN, the World Health Organization, and the Bank of International Settlements are all executive arms of the Royal Institute of International Affairs. It all starts with the British Empire, right? And ultimately, the Committee of 300, which is controlled by the ancient families of the stratospheric wealth, dwarfing that of the tech oligarchs of our age. So this we talk about, where is this all coming from, these policies that we're seeing? That's the the trade agreements, North American Free Trade Agreement, you know, Beijing, Asian Free Trade Agreements, Trans-Pacific Pact that's caused a siphoning of our manufacturing base out of this country, weakening of the unions. And um, and then we see the imports of the uh, produce from other countries that weaken our farmers. Uh, everything that to knock down what was a strong uh, labor movement, environmental movement, uh, you know, that was helping to clean up, uh, you know, uh, really really, really toxic assault on our, our our environment, which included the Calahuga River being on fire 10 times leading into Lake Erie with flames as high as, well, I've read three and a half stories high. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy says up to 10 stories high. They lost two tugboats on that river. I mean, it was, you yeah, know. The, I'm, I'm reading it. a little bit as we talk, sorry, about the uh, story of the Committee of 300. Yeah. Dr. John Coleman. It's funny. I went to something called Goodreads, and I'm reading the uh, reviews. And, of course, the left-wingers hate it. They're, oh, this is right-wing conspiracy, right-wing conservative. They no, say the not. same thing when they disagree with something. Far right-wing conservative bullshit. That's exactly what they say about everything that they don't agree with. is far right-wing conservative bullshit. Um, but a lot of people say it's really interesting. A lot of the well, reviews it, are saying well, uh, it's, it's uh, worth a read. Well, Dr. Jeffrey Sachs talking about the most violent empire before the U.S. empire was the British Empire. And, of course, we know that the First and Second Bank of America and the Federal Reserve are basically European bankers that had basically hijacked through Woodrow Wilson. And when you talk about the Federal Reserve, our whole banking system, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, is, let me just go. I'm going to go through this quickly. Go this is interesting. I'm glad yes. you brought this up. 
Someone wrote that Coleman wrote this in 91, and much we predicted, this is one of the reviews, has come true. The book's a hard-to-bear mapping and historic detailing of 300 organizations with a chokehold over the U.S. and the world. Uh, I read this hoping to dismiss it as paranoid trash, but was unable to. Recommendation, take frequent breaks and supplement with your own research. But a partial list of the topics are the British royal family, role in the world subjugation via opium production and distribution, the Brookings Institute, one world government agenda, mm-hmm. deindustrialization goals and reasons, Cuban missile crisis, depopulation goals, drug trade, first Iraq invasion, George H.W. Bush, Henry Kissinger, the Heritage Foundation, one world government agenda, Immigration agenda, destroy U.S. respective constitution, John F. Kennedy, silencing assassination, opinion formation performed by polling organizations, media. This all sounds like pretty common sense stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Manipulative, fear, fear, manipulative fear tactics against nuclear energy, United Nations and subsidiaries. Who's who? Connections and collusions, including close monarchs, politicians, colleges, university, thinks, thanks, and quarter. But So if you're a liberal... And you believe that the government here to help us and the government could do nothing wrong and they never do anything nefarious, then, of course, you would think this is all bullshit, right? Well, I think what happens is we're propagandized from childhood um, in front of the TV and then the TV programming, then our school systems to believe our government is of, by and for the people. But that's that's the that's a fairy tale. It well, hasn't worked that like way for a long time. Book. That might might be seen as you know maybe someone like me might see it as conspiracy stuff before COVID, but after COVID, and you read through this stuff, you say, "Wow, this uh, this makes a lot of sense." Actually, well, these these you know what we can call the alphabet soup groups: the Council of Foreign Relations, the World Economic Forum, the UN, the Bank of International Settlements, going back to the Bilderberg Group, and before that the these are rooted in families that are multi-generational for hundreds, if not thousands of years that interbred and keep the wealth tight amongst them and the control. That's no accident. You know, we, it's kind of to be, in my opinion, you'd have to be in denial not to acknowledge that. Right. You know, yeah. you, you, you look at the Windsors. I mean, come on. This is not a one generational family. They didn't get there like, you know, oh, now she's the queen. You see what I mean? You know, yeah, of course. Right. And, you know, this happens over generations. And they, and the, uh, David Rockefeller was talking about how, you know, they, 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 every now and then will talk about how they, they intentionally were keeping the, the bloodlines together, you know, yeah. and those, those, yeah. those top oligarch families for a reason to keep the control, to keep the bloodlines. Well, this very guy, John rare. Coleman has written some interesting stuff. He's written oh, lots of listen. Things, yeah. To me, uh, it's the more I read it, and the more, I, and the plus is very prescient. You know, this is written ninety three, and then you, you I know, I know. He, it's, it's true. It's come well, back. This is, this is like right. This is like the same stuff with COVID. Like in two thousand twenty, a lot of us were saying this, this, and this is what's going on, and it's exactly what happened, right? Yeah. And they were calling us conspiracy theorists. Right. Well, this is the same stuff. You can read a book like this in ninety two and go, "Oh, it's drivel," and then mm-hmm. thirty years later, you go, "Holy shit." <laughs> A lot exactly. of came true. The Rothschild dynasty, he wrote that. Yes. He wrote something called One World Order, Socialist Dictatorship. Yep. Um, the, the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. He's written some interesting yep. stuff, this guy. We're, I think it's probably worth looking into. 
Yeah, there's a video you can find online if you know if you say you can multitask. You know, you can do whatever you're doing throughout the day, cleaning, prepping for food, and that's how I do my listening a lot of times. You know? Yeah, he also wrote something called "What You Should Know About the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights." That sounds yeah. like something everyone should read, especially as we now enter the Fourth of July. You know, Bill, let me let you go. I'm going to wrap the show up because I have, All to, right, Mike, I have some fireworks to set off. So let me. <laughs> hey, one last one last thing, Rupert. Go ahead. Go ahead. You remember Conan Triumph, the insult comic yeah, dog? Of course, yeah. I put a link in. And he did a spoof where he went to Universe and him and did this whole spoof where he invades like this uh, woke. Uh, uh, what was it? Student movement. I can't remember what it was called. It's hysterical. Anyway, there's a there's a link in the. I love and, that. I love the dog with the cigar. I love that. Yeah, that's who. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he he goes after the woke mentality at University of New Haven, and he, I'll check and it he, out. he blows it up. It's I'll hysterical. It yeah. Thanks, Bill. All right. Talk to you. Have a, have, a, have a happy Fourth. You too, now. Bye. All right. All right. Well, um, not bad. More people were listening live than I thought on this Fourth of July Eve. It's Fourth of July. Well, it's actually technically Fourth of July everywhere now, right? So in the United States, um, I hope everyone has plans, whether it's uh, watching the fireworks or going to a uh, a picnic or a barbecue. But everyone should really remember what it means, especially after what we've just been through for the last three and a half years. What this really means and how people like Gavin Newsom, as Daniel brought up earlier, wanted to cancel this in 2020. Didn't want he didn't want how interesting Gavin Newsom didn't want someone. And what didn't want us celebrating the 4th of July in 2020, didn't want us thinking back in July of 2020 what it means to be free, what it means to have a constitution and declaration of independence. I wonder why he wants people to at least temporarily forget about that in the summer of 2020. All right. So I want everyone to have a great 4th. I want to remind everyone there'll be no show. I have to be patriotic. I have to be patriotic. I'm not going to do a show tomorrow on the 4th. But I'll be back on Wednesday, the 5th. And as always, this show uh, is called Unless Be Heard. It airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern Time. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want everyone to have a happy and safe 4th of July, and I'll see you on the other side on Wednesday night. But until then, this is Mike Chopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.